Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am back today with my friend, Anne Trost, and we have been talking this week about minimalism. And today we're gonna talk a little bit about history. Um, So Anne loves history, apparently. I love history too. (laughs) I don't love math, you guys know that, but I do love history. And I think history is such an important thing um, to teach our kids and for our kids to know so that they don't repeat the bad parts of it and so that they can repeat the good parts of it. Um, so thank you for being back with us again, Anne. Um, I'm ready to jump into this conversation, but before we do, I wanna say thank you again to our sponsor, BJU Press Homeschool. Every child has a unique individual learning style. BJU Press has video lessons with engaging teachers to lead your children through each of their academic subjects. These experienced teachers will present lesson content from multiple angles so your children can absorb information at a comfortable pace. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com to see what courses are available for your students. Thank you again to BJU Press. We are so grateful for them, um, as well as our other sponsors who keep this podcast going. Um, And welcome back. Thanks for joining me again today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking in the last two episodes about our upcoming conference that's next week, which by the way, if you guys are listening to this episode after the conference, you can still sign up and you have lifetime access. The only thing you're going to miss out on is that live interaction um, that you get with the conference, but it's it's going to be available um, for a very, very, very long time. And once you sign up, you have lifetime access to it, as well as lifetime access to the 2020 conference that we did. And we had an incredible speaker lineup for that one as well. So you can still sign up, homegrowngeneration.com, and use the code HG25 to get 25% off of your registration. Um, and welcome back. We are going to talk about history today. And, you know, this is one of those topics that I think every family does and needs to talk about history. There are some subjects that can come and go, some electives that can come and go, and some kids are musical, some kids are not. Some kids are, you know, into STEM Some kids are not. Some kids are athletic, some are not. But history is one of those things that everybody needs to study. And so since we all have to study it, we want to bring joy into studying history. So talk about how your family has really brought joy into the study of history. Yeah. um, Well, I I guess I would start by saying I really didn't love history as a student, as a a child. Um, It was, I was so bogged down with the memorizing of the dates and um, all the details that I I really missed out on how rich and fun it is to learn about history. And so I have really loved my second education, homeschooling my kids, and I've learned so much. And I've really, I think history has become one of, if not my favorite subject. I love to learn about it. And like you said, not repeat the mistakes, you know, raising a generation that will um, hopefully learn from history. Um, But yeah, so we, have integrated other subjects into our history lessons so that we're kind of grabbing everyone's attention because people, like you said, are interested in different things. Mm -hmm. Some of my kids love music and some love art. And so when we take a history lesson on, let's say the civil war, and then we integrate um, art from the civil, like either from the time of the civil war or art portraying the civil war. And then we have an, you know, a picture study and maybe we listen to a hymn that was written during the civil war or about this, you know, something relating to that. And so we just kind of go through the different subject areas and then integrate it all together. And it's such, um, it just really enriches the, the history lesson um, and kind of takes the pressure off that 
main reading of the history because I think sometimes there's a lot of information you're taking in. And so to have a short reading lesson and then integrating these other pieces to kind of make it come alive and, and really, you know, dive into it. Here's the thing. There's a bunch of moms who are listening to this and they're like, yeah, and that sounds really <laughs> great. If I could integrate all of that into what we're learning in history at the same time. So you have actually created a curriculum that has done that for them, <laughs> yes. which I think is great. And here, you know, on the Schoolhouse Talk podcast, one of the things that we really strive to do is provide the resources that homeschool families need in order to successfully homeschool our kids and point them to Jesus. And so tell us about your curriculum. And, and I know obviously you integrate all of those things, but kind of walk us through what you've done. Um, and this was, I, I think you said this was a result of your co-op and teaching different, you know, teaching your kids first, right? Um, yeah. And then leading your co-op. Yes. Um, so I, you know, I am using this in my home with my kids and have loved what we're doing. Um, and then I write a lot of, I kind of organize this curriculum for our co-op. And um, what I'm trying to do is integrate a lot of Charlotte Mason's ideas around this, um, this subject of history at a certain time in a certain place. So um, what the curriculum is right now is early America. And so what I've done is I've gone around and found the best, well, I mean, it's hard to say, it's the, but, but excellent artists and excellent mm -hmm. hymns. And so all of these things are pieced together around early America. And so as you're going, you, have, you encounter all these different variety of things that really make it come alive. So um, the literature that the students are reading, it's, it's for first through eighth grade. It's a okay. family style book. And so you get one book for the whole family and then it differentiates between those elementary and middle school ages. And then there's a supply list. So you'll, you'll get literature that corresponds with it. And so the literature is either written during early American times or about early American times. And um, the hymn study, there's handicrafts from early America. And so everything um, that you would want um, in your educational feast for your child is provided here, um, but not in an overwhelming way. There, it's, not, it's not every day you have to do this whole list of things. In fact, it's every week, here's your okay. list. Oh, and wow. so um, it really allows you to kind of, takes away that overwhelm of feeling mm -hmm. like I have to meet these goals every day. And if I get behind this day, then I'm behind. Um, and so you have the whole week to kind of, uh, to get to this in the order that you would like to do it in. And so you can kind of simmer on it for the week. One thing that I've heard you say is that history, joyful history lessons encourage lifelong learning. Explain that. I think that, you know, history, the Bible is history and everything that happened before yesterday is history. And so, yeah. um, I think there's, we'll never get to the end of learning all of that, even if the Bible's history is all we were focusing on, it would take more than our lifetime to really dig into all of that. And so I think um, igniting um, an interest in the different types, the different aspects of history will create people to be hungry for more because there's mm -hmm. more to learn and there's um, different angles and different perspectives. And so I think um, when we have joyful history lessons, we don't create students who say, I can't wait till I never have to do this again when I graduate, <laughs> but to say, oh, this is how I want to learn when I'm an adult. And so I really do have that in my mind when I homeschool my kids um, and when I create curriculum and, and do things for our co-op is how can we set up children 
so that they carry these habits into their adult life. How will yeah. they love to learn as adults? And so that's that's definitely a heart of education, I think. Um, yeah. 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 Well, it's the same with God's word too. You know, yes. we can make it really, really boring to where they think, mm-hmm. I cannot wait for this to be done and over with. Or we can make God's word come alive. And, yes. and that's hard to do sometimes. And it depends on what part of the Bible we're studying, not that, that, you know, all of the Bible isn't exciting, but there are parts of it that, you know, my youngest daughter is reading through Jeremiah right now. And the other day she said, mom, I had to just go to Esther for a few days. I needed a break from Jeremiah. She's like, I'm having such a hard time understanding it, but she's 12. And I'm like, baby, Mm -hmm. join the club. I have a hard time understanding Jeremiah too, but there's so much richness in there, you know, but sometimes you just have to take a little break and just switch gears for just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then come back to it so that it can be a new and exciting thing again, instead of just like, oh my goodness, this is so hard to understand. This is so hard to get. Um, and so I think whether it's history or Bible, which of course, like you said, you know, the Bible is history, mm-hmm. finding ways to create an environment so that that can be exciting for mm-hmm. our kids. And it's not like they're going to be giggling and, you know, doing hand claps throughout all of their history <laughs> lessons and Bible lessons. Right. Um, but uh, you, talked about using books to teach history. And and earlier, I think it was on Monday's episode or maybe um, yesterday's episode, you talked about using living books. Um, and that is one of the most important ways. And one of the best ways we can teach history is you just read to your kids mm-hmm. and they grasp it. You know, they understand it because then it becomes real to them. Then it's a story. It's not just mm-hmm. a textbook with a bunch of, you know, points and dates that they have to memorize. Right. And I, and I think the textbook kind of gives us this idea that we have to teach them everything by the time they're 18. Right. And when we take that pressure off, you know, you can really immerse yourself in a story of a soldier in the civil war, Yeah. as opposed to learning every general's name. And, you know, you can really just absorb a little bit at a time and, and it, and it can come alive. So. Yeah. Yeah. And some textbooks are really good at doing that. You know, yes. they really do make those yes. stories come alive. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking of Apologia um, and BJU Press. I know both of them have textbooks that truly, like, you can read them. Um, the Mystery of History, I know, is another one. Mm-hmm. Like, you can read those and really grasp, like, oh, here's what's actually happening. It's not just a bunch of dates with a checklist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's fun. Good stuff. All right. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. 
We are back with Anne and we were just talking about history. Um, We will put links to all of Anne's curriculum in the show notes. She's got some really great resources for you guys that really will make it so much easier for you. Don't reinvent the wheel. She's already done the hard work um, for you and has done a really excellent job of putting together this curriculum. So we'll put links in the show notes for that. Um, But I want to shift gears again. We're taking all kinds of roads this week. (laughs) You mentioned that you and your husband and your family together lead a co-op, a pretty large co-op in your community. Talk to the person who maybe they're in in a community where they don't have a good homeschool organization or a co-op or a support group or anything, and they're really desiring that. They're seeing that there's a need in their area for such a thing. How can you encourage them? What do, what steps can they take to get started in doing that? Yeah. Um, well, the first step that I took was really prayer and just yeah. asking God what he had for our family. And um, so when he opened the door for me to start my own co-op, I, I was listening and watching for him moving in the situation when every step of the way, you know, the first step of choosing a location and just um, making sure that that each of those steps were led by him and not by what I thought was going to be best in the situation. Um, and so God really was so faithful to make that clear to me. And, and he um, really just kind of flourished with the areas that I was just following his lead in. And so, um, yeah, I think finding a community like a church or a building that is eager to host you is obviously an essential thing unless you know some people do smaller co-ops and they meet in their in somebody's home yeah and i think that's great um it doesn't have to be a big co-op to uh, be a valuable part of your life it can be just a few families gathering in somebody's home and i'm um, just asking god where he wants you to meet and um and then the next step of course is is having teachers whether they're moms or um, experts in their field and just gathering a group of people that will really make learning come alive in yeah. the different things that they're teaching. Yeah. Do you have, when when you find someone, you know, a mom or um, someone in your area who wants to teach a particular subject, um, how do you go about doing that to make sure? Because I'll tell you, one of the things that I've seen um, in co-ops, you know, we've, we have traveled the country. We are privy to a lot of different homeschool organizations and co-ops. And one of the things that I see that concerns me is a parent, a well-meaning parent will say, oh, I'll teach this thing, you know, I'll teach Bible. And then you realize that that person doesn't really know a whole lot about the Bible. Like they're just figuring it out. Or maybe, you know, they'll teach history, but maybe they're really not um, that familiar with the history that they're teaching. And so they're trying to figure it out as they're going. So do you, how do you ensure that your teachers are teaching from a solid biblical worldview? Do you have some sort of system set in place for that? So God has been um, really gracious to us and we don't advertise for our teachers. And Mm -hmm. so we really, um, because my husband and I are involved in the education community in our area and through our church and different things, we have essentially handpicked our teachers. Okay. um, And and then reference, you know, referrals of our teachers to somebody else. And so we, um, we don't, we don't have a co-op where like the moms are just all sharing the load. Mm-hmm. Our co-op, you actually, um, you don't, aren't required to volunteer. And so, um, we are just essentially hiring teachers that, um, are passionate and, and an expert in their field. And then 
that have that biblical worldview, but we're so grateful that um, we have been able to choose people that we trust. And so we don't, we don't usually have somebody come in that's a stranger that we don't know, Um, but we do background checks despite that, Uh you know, we do all of the things um, because we want safety and security and and things like that. So, yeah. 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 So what makes a good co-op leader for someone who's thinking about doing this? What do they need to have in order to lead a co-op successfully? I think they need to be listening for God's leading because every co-op is a little bit different. And um, so that's really important to be able to lay down your ideas if mm-hmm. God is leading you a different direction. Um, I think just uh, having a real heart to serve people and uh, coming alongside families and just wanting to encourage them and to build them up and uh, you know love children and see just uh, what a difference it can make for them to come and enjoy some some safe lessons once a week or a couple of times a week. Yep, I love it. And I think you're absolutely spot on when it comes, one, of course, to giving it to the Lord first and then loving the families and, and being willing to serve those families. Um, you know, you're not there as a dictator, but you're there to serve yes. uh, those families. And uh, I think a lot of there are, there are co-op leaders who, you know, they just want to be the one in charge mm. and they want to have all the power and those co-ops never succeed uh, because the families can feel that. They know that that's why they're there. And instead, if you've got um, an organization where it's being led by people who truly are serving the families because they're serving Jesus yeah. in that way, um, those are the best kind of co-ops. And, and both of my girls this year are involved in uh, two different co-ops where they're just taking a few a la carte classes and uh, both of them are led by um, families who truly are there to serve families. And you can see it, you can feel it, you can see it. Yeah. And um, there's so much unity and joy that takes mm-hmm. place um, in those co-ops because of that. So Yeah. And I think the other thing too is building a community instead of just looking at it as an exchange mm-hmm. of like, we're giving you a class and yeah. you're coming to class, but really building a, a community amongst the homeschool, mm-hmm. homeschool community. So that has been such a blessing. We love the families in our community and they just um, are so special to us. So yeah. uh, I think just having that type of a community is really, really great thing. I love that. Do you do something specific to focus on moms outside of co-op? Yeah, we had a mini homeschool conference for moms. We had oh, a mother-daughter event where they um, came and, and had like a whole special event for them. We have mom groups that meet um, during our classes for Bible study and prayer. And then um, next year, we're actually going to have a couple of classes for moms. We're going to have a cooking and canning class. Oh, how fun. um, A Bible study uh, group. And so, yeah, we we try to, but we also, some of the moms just need a break. They need to go home with their little ones. And so we try to be understanding of where they are in their, in their journey. So yeah. Yeah. That's so fun. I don't think yeah. that I've ever heard of a co-op who's done classes specifically for moms. And I love the idea of doing a Bible study while your kids are in class, you know, because for those of us who are on the other end of, you know, those toddler years, <laughs> um, you know, and, and our, if our kids are in a class, having that opportunity to build those relationships, I think is, um, is so valuable. Yeah. So. And, and we also have field trip groups. So that's another oh, way fun. that, um, yeah. The moms can get to know each other while their kids are on field trips. So that's that's yeah. another fun thing we do. Yeah, love it, love it. Well, and thank you so much for joining me this week. It has been so much fun talking to you. Thank you for your encouragement with just learning how to be minimalists 
and make things a little bit simpler, make them a little bit easier for our homeschooling. Uh, we talked a little bit about history. We'll put links to your curriculum um, in the show notes as well. And thank you for serving your community uh, because you know what? That has a triple effect. You serve your community. Those families go out and they encourage the homeschool people in their world, whether they're you know several states away or just a few feet away from them. Um, and so you really do have a great impact. And I am thankful for the ministry uh, that you have and uh, the way that you're serving the Lord in this way. So we really appreciate it. Tell people what your website is again and where they can find you. Yeah, um, www.withoutdoorscurriculum.com. And you can get a preschool book, a kindergarten book, Early America. Um, We have a book of centuries that our family created. And so we also have a family Bible study, um, which is unique and really uh, great for everybody in the family. Yeah, so cool. And they have a song, you guys. It's the it's an American <laughs> timeline song. I had not heard of an American timeline song before, but it's fantastic. If you go on the website, um, you can hear a sample of that song on the website and it's great. It's a really fun song to learn. It's very well done. So, um, and thank you. And I'm so excited again that you're going to be part of the Homegrown Generation Family Expo next week. And you're doing, the session that you're doing is which one? Um, we're, I'm doing the Veteran Homeschooling Q&A. Okay, fine. And that's with Nancy Manos and Anna Willis. So the three of you are going to be part of that roundtable and they're going to just bring more encouragement next week. So join us for that, you guys. It is homegrowngeneration.com. Use the coupon code HG25 to get 25% off of your registration. And I talked about this in the first episode, but I'm wearing a t-shirt. It's actually a homegrown generation t-shirt. It On the back of it, it has a little homegrown generation logo on it. Um, but the, the front of it says homeschool mama on it. And uh, my my oldest daughter designed these for us. And we have several different styles um, that you can choose from. So you can support the Schoolhouse Rock to Ministry and the Homegrown Generation Family Expo by purchasing a t-shirt. And we'll put those links in the show notes. Thank you guys for joining us this week. Have a great rest of your week and we'll see you back here on Monday. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com.